At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Why work from home when your office could be in Montana, where Matt and Mello are right now? Uh, 2021 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheelers, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work getaways, family vacations with the Millers are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. Well, Blake, welcome back to, to Two back. Guys, A Girl on a Podcast. Um, Matt and Mello are on vacation. I promise they will be coming back to work soon. Um, there is a lot to cover um, with them out, but we will we will make do. And Blake, I got some feedback from people who listened to our Q&A and they were very impressed with your first time on a podcast. And they weren't people that are related to us or are people that know us very well. <laughs> um, this was a random stranger who, who messaged me and said that. And then also I was on another podcast and um, the host of that podcast said that you did a great job. So now you're back. Are you excited to try your first podcast that's not a Q&A? Uh, I'm very excited to try and uh, give my own takes, and um, I'm very excited to be back on Nepotism the Podcast. Nepotism the Podcast. That's what we'll start calling it, but before we get started, we do have to plug our presenting sponsor, Manscaped. Two guys 20, you guys know the drill. Go get 20% off, keep things cleaned up, um, don't have any ball jokes right now, we're just going to move past that. As a sibling podcast, we're going to move right past that. Um, it has speaking been, of balls, speaking <laughs> of balls, uh, MLB All Star Week. Uh, we've got NBA Finals. We've got a sport I never watched before and made the mistake of watching this past weekend. Um, we've got names being said wrong that we've been saying for a really long time that we will cover. So we are getting to it all um, on today's episode. But first, let's start with your favorite sport, also one of my favorite sports, uh, baseball. This weekend was All Star Weekend. And for a sport that has been in the headlines for, I don't know, sticky situations um, and things that, you know, aren't super exciting about the game itself, they really made up for it this weekend with All-Star. Um, so I just kind of wanted to get your MVP of the All-Star weekend. Mine personally is the league because I think it it really put the league on a good stage, the Midsummer Classic. 
was great. It was actually good content for the first time in a while and having had a year of COVID and dealing with a lot of the stuff that the league has this year. I think this was a huge, huge weekend for them and a big win for them in a big way. But Blake, who is your MVP of the All-Star Weekend? Uh, my MVP um, is Pete Alonzo, just because that man, all he did was just rake, and he didn't look like he was trying at all. Like, he was having a good time. He was having fun. Like, every every hitter during the Home Run Derby, after they were done, they looked gassed. Like, Pete was just, like, dancing to the music that they were playing, just <laughs> having a good time, and, like, he's built for home run derbies i think he should be in it until the end of time yeah he should i tweeted i think he should be in it till he loses the other thing that you told me actually was that what he made for winning the uh home run derby is more than he makes in a season for playing baseball yeah baseball players do not get paid a whole lot on their rookie contracts yeah so i mean that's huge that he was able to do that in a day all in a day's work i guess just making money um i I mean, you and I enjoyed it very much, but it was just so entertaining to me that, like you said, like even Shohei Otani was like pretty gassed after his go around. I think it was with Soto, right? And I mean, he was, he was tired, but also then he goes and pitches and he was great. Um, You know, I think greatness translates to any language and I will just leave it at that. But um, something that I don't do is watch UFC fighting. I also don't watch boxing. I just, fighting to me, I'm just very squeamish. You know this. I can't even talk about injuries. Like, the Kevin Ware injury still gives me nightmares to this day. Paul George. I remember seeing them, and, like, I cannot get those. There was, like, an Olympic athlete a few years ago who was a gymnast, and he broke his leg, and I, like, I honestly, like, almost passed out on the job because I was so disgusted by the injury. So, work in a weird field to be very squeamish, but... This past weekend, Conor McGregor was fighting, and I was like, okay, you and you were like, I want to watch the fight. I'm like, all right, sure, I'll watch the fight with you, okay? And I am, this is why I don't do it, because Conor just, like, snapped his leg, and it also lasted for, like, what, 10 minutes of fighting? And as yeah, someone no. who watches more UFC fights, is this more common than not? Because I feel like the last couple of fights, what was the other fight where there was, like, a bad injury? Do you remember? Um... I think it was a, it was a McGregor fight, wasn't it? No, I don't, I don't think was... it was a McGregor fight. Um, but there's been a lot of brutal injuries over the past like few um, UFC fights. But I am always um, willing to watch um, UFC, and that's just a part of it is um, those gruesome injuries. Even there was a girl who had like a gash on her forehead. Forehead, I saw yeah. that, and it was like an indent. It looked like a mouth on her forehead. Yeah, the like. That's what happens when you have grown people just beat the crap out of each other. Now, I I want to take a poll, and I want to know, the people that listen to this podcast, please respond to the link after you listen to this. Do you guys pay to watch fights? Are you going to continue to pay to watch fights because they they seem to be very, very short-lived? Like, you watch, I was, we watched, like, the whole, basically the whole card. We watched a bunch of them. Um, probably the last, like, couple leading up to it. Um... And there was one particular person that got their butt whooped, and we were happy to see it. And if you're an NFL fan, you know exactly who we're talking about. Um, but we're not going to give them any more time on this podcast. But I, I'm i curious if people are still going to continue to watch fights. My guess is yes, because I didn't realize, like, how big of, like, a spectacle it is. And maybe that's just because, like, I can't personally watch it. But I now I watch it to see who's, like, in the front row and see who's going and watching fights. Like, people really do love it. Like, I mean... 
we saw that Kourtney Kardashian was in the front row. There were a bunch of other people that were in the front row, but that was the one that stuck out to me. But um, I'm just curious if people are still going to watch fights. I think the answer is going to be yes, but, I mean, you're going to continue watching, right? Oh, without a doubt. Prize fighting is one of the best spectacles in all of sports. It's been happening since the Romans, if you really want to think about it. But um, everyone, buff over here. Yeah, everyone wants to see just two people beat the living crap out of each other. <laughs> it's true. I mean, except for when I, I can sort of watch it until someone snaps a leg and then like goes to pick it up and it's just like whatever. I don't know if it was like his ankle. I And also I saw the picture. It was like a shin. Twitter, ugh, ugh, I, yeah, I, I just cannot, like, we, you were like, hey, oh, we picked up his leg, and I was like, stop talking, stop talking, it was the most <laughs> dramatic thing, I honestly, next time I watch a UFC fight, I will, I almost said UCF, that's where my brain goes, um, I will record myself, because honestly, the reaction to that was just, like, I had to leave, I was like, tell me when it's over, yeah, she, like, she ran out of the room, she's not yeah, joking, yeah, I couldn't do it, so, um, that might be the next thing that we do, is like, will you watch the fight again, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna subject myself to watching the fight, I'll record myself, and we can see how <laughs> dramatic I actually am, as if people don't know on this podcast, um, something that's not dramatic is correcting people when they say your name wrong, okay, so, let's start with the fact that our last name is Kuhn. I'll say it again. Kuhn. And it is very difficult for people to say. It's four letters, very difficult for people to say. I understand it. And for a while, I just never corrected people. I was like, oh, whatever. It's not a big deal. But then it just like made me cringe every time I heard them say it wrong. So I started correcting people. And I think we should normalize the fact that, you know, you should correct people when they say your name wrong. And the reason I bring this up is because... Travis Kels? Kels. Is how you say what we know is Travis Kelsey. I mean, he said it's a nickname or whatever, but how you say his last name is Travis Kels. Now, we have been going years saying Travis Kelsey, and our guy Mello obviously is a really big Chiefs fan, and he said he said Kels originally, and someone corrected him and made it Kelsey. So, I mean, I just can't believe it took this long for it to come out. And part of me was like, is this a joke? Like, is he kidding? Um, but do you think it's fair for people to correct names? And also, especially if you're an athlete, like, I think even it was Tarod Taylor, where he was like, it's Tarod, not Tyrod. Like, there are people that, if they correct or you saying your name, I don't think it's rude, but... Like Saquon and Saquon. Um, I think it's fair when you're on that big of a stage um, to be like, hey, this is how you pronounce my name. Yeah. Um, like Najee. Yeah. Naji, Naji, Naji. Exactly. Like you already mentioned it, um, but like I also did the same thing growing up. Um, I think yeah, I got I it a little. I got it a little more because like you're a girl, so it's like kind of just like Paige. But like growing up playing baseball, everyone called me Coon. It was like, oh hey By Coon, what's name? up? Yeah, yeah. Everyone just called, and I'm like, uh, that's not how you say it. But like I'll just roll with it, whatever. Um, and like everyone's like, why didn't you correct me? And I was just like, man, I, I've corrected people so many times you just get tired of going hey like, yeah, that's exactly. not how you say it but you're like at this point you're like whatever as people someone corrects you try hard to say it and and this is the other thing is i know someone's gonna come for me because i am the worst at butchering names like <laughs> i if i could hear it a million times especially nfl names i don't know what it is about nfl players that i just like butcher their names constantly even on this podcast and i can tell you every time that i have messed up someone's name on this podcast i one, have, like, reminded myself and will never do it again. 
Um, but I always feel so bad and I feel like I owe that person an apology. Maybe it's just the guilt because I know how it feels when someone butchers your name. I'm sure people don't care that much and maybe I'm just being too sensitive, but it is some, (laughs) which is true. Um, but I just was like, I can't believe that we've gone this long and it took him this long to correct. I mean, who else are we doing that with? I wonder if this starts like a movement of people, you know, correcting people on their names. I mean, I already had someone that's a sports writer in the industry, like quote tweet me and be like, yeah, this is actually how you say my last name. That's wild. I mean, yeah. hopefully, hopefully people come out and actually start saying, Hey, this is how you pronounce my name. Because I mean, people should try hard to say your name. Right. Cause like, I always hated it. Like when you were, when you tried to correct someone mm-hmm. from saying your name and they're always like, eh, whatever. And I'm like, Oh, cool. Thanks. That's just, that's rude. Like, I'll beat up name. that person. Someone did that to you. Yeah, when you, tr- if, like, I've, like, done it multiple times with people. And it's not even, even, like, my own name. It's, like, they're talking about other people, and they'll be, like, actually, it's this, how you say it, whatever. I also hate when I'm being corrected, so I understand that. But at the same time, now I'm going to be more mindful of it because it happened to, he's one of the biggest stars in the NFL, and this is what we're, we're dealing with. Which yeah, is, he's a which top is... two, three tight end. Interesting. Who are the, the other top ones that you have on your list? Uh, Kittle, and then I'm going to throw Big Bob Tunyon on there just because go pack up. Okay. So you'd rank him over Travis Kelsey? Kelsey, No. No? Okay. Would you rank Travis over George Kittle? Uh, No. Okay, good. I was going to say get off my podcast now. (laughs) I'm just kidding. We can have that debate when Melo gets back. Um, There's another name. Tunyon. Everyone called him Tanyan for the longest time, but he came out and was like, no, it's pronounced Tunyon. Wait, really? I mean, yeah. I've always called him Tenyon just because I have heard uh, George Kittle and him are friends, and so I've heard him refer to him as that. Mm-hmm. But maybe we should have, like, I know, like, we put pronunciations in media guides. We are beating a dead horse with this topic, but still. <laughs> just, have, should... just have last names spelled phonetically on their jerseys. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no, Twitter handles instead of that. Um, no, but I, I do really think that, like, we should take a moment and let this have, like, live a little. And, like, if you have a grievance of how people say your name, you should put it out there. And, like, we should try and figure it out. Post a video of you saying your name. It's like um, the uh, quarterback for Clemson, DJ Yui Youngalele. Okay? His dad posted Gesundheit. a video. Yeah. <laughs> his dad posted a video of how to say his last name. So now I know how to say it. Um, yeah, I definitely think that people should start posting videos of how you say your name. And tag us in it. That would be kind of funny. And we can try and say them. I think we should always make the effort. It's a respect thing. But anyway, Reggie Bush is going to have a documentary about the incidents that happened at USC. His Heisman being taken away. All of the things that came with that from him taking money and gifts. Um, we've talked about this a little when you were on the podcast last with name, image, and likeness. Um, the fact that Reggie wants his Heisman back. Um, the director of this, I think, is the person that directed Dear Basketball, which was the Emmy mm-hmm. Award-winning uh, Kobe uh, video. And I, I mean, this is very, very fascinating to me because this is going to be so unique. It's so different than any other documentary that I think we've ever really watched about stuff. Like, I know the the uh, Last Dance was so insightful because we got a really, like, we got to look behind the curtain. But this is unique in the sense that, like, there was legit punishment that had happened. And... 
I think eventually we will see more of this. I do think we get, like, a years from now, a documentary that goes into the college basketball scandal and the actual what happened when some of these guys aren't coaching anymore and things like that. But with Reggie Bush, I mean, he can say this is how it all went down. This is what goes into this. Um, it's it's safe for them to say that now because I think it's not going to harm the players that maybe were doing the same thing Reggie was and weren't getting caught. Um, this is, I mean, I, I can't wait for this to come out. I don't know what platform it's going to be on yet, but I do think it's going to be very unique in the sense that it's giving you a look at something that was so frowned upon, but we all knew was going on and exactly the details of how it was going on. Because, I mean, we start to learn bits and pieces about this years later, like the Tennessee one with the the money in the McDonald's bag or whatever, but I cannot wait. Like, I could, honestly, this is going to be more juicy than any other dramatic storyline about USC in Texas, and I can say that because Matt and Mel aren't here, but it's it's bigger <laughs> than the, the on-the-field stuff, and the fact that we're seeing this come out now, and hopefully, I mean, by the time this documentary comes out, I hope that Reggie's uh, Heisman has been given back and things happen, but as someone who didn't necessarily remember him winning the Heisman or, you know, haven't really, I mean, you've seen the, the, docu- the ESPN 30 for 30, but what is sort of your... Thing that you're most looking forward to coming up in this documentary i'm excited to see um how much the ncaa like did because i love sports documentaries that make the governing bodies not look good um <laughs> like one of my favorite uh documentaries is screwball um which is a baseball one about the like steroid scandal with like ryan braun and alex rodriguez and they make Manfred, who wasn't the commissioner at the time, but now is the commissioner, they just, like, he ran the investigation. They made him look like he he was dumb. He was yeah. dumb. Um, and I'm excited to see, like, how much um, the NCAA, like, did in this situation. And kind of... I'm excited to see them as a bad guy because I know Reggie Bush is not going to approve this documentary if he's not portrayed well. Yeah, well, and the other thing, too, is that there might be new stuff that we learn. I think there will be new stuff. Like, I know that he got caught for certain things, but I'm sure there's stuff that they miss that maybe he will cop up to. Like, hey, I also got this. Because, again, it, now it's acceptable. Like, you can yeah, do those things with the happened. contract and all We all things. knew it happened. Like, yeah. Like, even, like, when I was growing up, the, the big scandal was Cam Newton. But, mm-hmm. like... Everyone knew it was happening. Like, so many people get paid to go to school. Like, the... I want to say it's Pony Excess was the documentary that talks oh, yeah, about, the like... SMU. Yeah, where, yes. where it was literally just boosters who wanted Water Cooler Talk to say that their alumni was... Or that their school was better at the football than the other Texas school. So, every mm-hmm. Texas school was paying players. Yeah. Um, I think, like, everyone knows... The people are getting paid, and I'm kind of excited to see how people use name, image, and likeness to kind of get around that um, and make it, like, legal-ish. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to see, like, if there's more details that come out, and I'm excited to see it in all details because I don't really know too much about it. Um, mm-hmm. I said la- on the last podcast I was six years old when yeah. he won the Heisman. I was actually five years old. I looked it up. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but I'm very excited for this documentary. Yeah, and I like I said, like you said, I don't think Reggie would agree to this. I mean, 
I do think that he's going to have to cop up to the fact that, like, yes, those mm-hmm. were the rules and this was wrong. But now that it is um, a thing, I mean, I think it will be, even for, like, non-college football fans, I think the idea of a scandal that happens like this is definitely going to be interesting. I know you and I have both watched the HBO documentary on the um, basketball scandal. Um, I think it was called The Scheme or something like that. That also was a documentary that made a governing body look silly. Um, Something was the FBI. (laughs) But, I mean, we don't know. That was obviously one point of view of that situation. I'd be Mm -hmm. very curious to see in years from now, like I said, when some of these guys, and I mean, some of these players need to filter through the system as well and need to end up in the league or wherever Mm -hmm. they're going before they really divulge a lot of the information. I'm very curious to hear from a player's perspective of like what was going on. Also players, parents, because a lot of it is like there is a huge black market for, you know, players and going to Nike schools, Adidas schools, all of the above. And it wasn't just the ones that were punished, too. There was a lot of information on ones that weren't punished and ones that people just looked over because they had, you know, the greatest college basketball coach um, ever um, on their staff who's retired next year. So we'll see um, if information continues to come out about that. Um, but sorry, I just can't stand. We it. just don't want to name names. We just don't want to name names. And Zion was paid, everyone. Okay, I just, by Clemson, um, and then said, "Nah, I'm going to Duke." Yeah, that was the worst. That, That's that, all. That Clemson... I respect that move so much because, like, what is Clemson going to do? Hey, he took our money. Exactly. Like, no. Yeah, there is a rumor that um, Clemson, which he was choosing between Clemson and Duke, and we at Bleacher Report had a bunch of graphics ready, everything. We thought he was going to Clemson. I think so did Clemson, and there was a rumor that he took money from Clemson to go there and then ended up not picking them. And I don't know if, I mean, he could have given the money back. You don't know. That could have just been a last-minute decision that we're like, Duke could pay more. This is all speculation, by the way. Um, this is yeah, not allegedly, fact, but allegedly. I do... Allegedly, and I do want to know because there is some truth to some of this stuff. So I, I do want to hear more about this. So that's the next documentary that I would pitch is Reggie Bush. And then I would like the basketball scandal one. I know it's going to take some time just because, like I said, people sort of have to filter out of the system before. It's an issue. But, um, yeah, I, I legitimately cannot wait to see this doc. And I think it's going to be phenomenal um, and really give us an insight into how some of this stuff works that we've known about. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what people break rules in terms of NIL, because I do think that some of this stuff is, um, new and difficult to navigate, um, a little bit. And I do think we will see kids sort of get in trouble for some stuff, but I'm curious to see, you know, if they can learn from mistakes on this front. Um, so this week is another golf major and you know, I love golf. If you listen to this podcast, you know, I love golf. You know, other people on this podcast absolutely loathe golf. But I, there was a discussion this week about this specific major that is played overseas, and the name of it, I called it the British Open for a really long time, because there's obviously the US Open, this is the British Open, that's what I thought it was. Apparently that is extremely offensive, and it is called the Open Championship. Did, what did you call it? Like, I... Um, I always called it the Open Championship because oh, that's okay. what it was on, um, on like all the commercials and stuff when I was a little kid. Like that's all I can remember it being called. Okay. Um, but every like when I talked to people about it, everyone referred to it as the British Open. Yeah. So I just thought it was either or. This is sort of like the name thing. Like, do we? I mean, if the people who run this event, obviously the PGA Tour and things like that, if they want to call it the Open Championship, that is fair. 
I I will now refer to it as the Open Championship, but I have I will admit to the fact that I've called it the British Open. But also, I don't know that it's as serious as, like, your name that's given. Um, but, again, tradition is, like, a huge thing in golf. And I think it was Dustin Johnson who they asked. And he was like, yeah, I called it the British Open. And they were like, what do you call it now? And he's like, the Open Championship. And he's like, why? It's because, like, because that's what people, that's what it's called. And I was like, fair enough. Like, <laughs> all right. Given the most direct answer, the most DJ answer of all time. But um, do you have any picks or predictions for for who's gonna win it? Um, I don't know. I never really like to make golf predictions because there's just such a wide field. All I want is just let's let's the shambo. Would you to take lose. Brooks Brooks Kepka versus the field? I would take Brooks Kepka versus the field. Hope okay. I yeah, I'd take him versus the field. Brooks over everybody, especially over the, everybody. especially the chum bucket. The chum bucket. That's a new one. I haven't heard that name. Yeah, no, I don't like him. Um, someone actually, this is a random thing, but some reporter um asked him about not yelling for because obviously, if you've played golf, been around golf, you know if something's going somewhere where it could potentially hurt someone or hit someone, you yell for. Well, there's a bunch of videos of him not yelling for when things are going like straight for crowds. And people have called him out for it. And leave it to, like, the British press to be like, hey, by the way, how come you don't say four? Like, it was so direct. And he's like, that's a very controversial topic you brought up. I'm, I'm like, you thought the U.S. Um, media was bad, okay? You thought we were critical of Bryson? Look out, buddy, because those people have zero boundaries when it comes to criticizing oh, people. The British press and asking is questions. ruthless. It's like, um, what's that guy's name? On the Independent, on Ted Lasso. What's his uh, Trent, name? Trent Krim, the in, the Daily Planet. Yes. Oh, the Daily Planet. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's the Independent, but the Daily Planet is from Superman. Man, that's I where should... that's where he works. Oh, okay. Ma- it's a, Ted it's a Lasso joke. makes that you. joke. Right. Come on, Paige, get the rest. Sorry, I didn't watch it twice like you did, but season <laughs> two is coming, and I'm very excited. Maybe I'll watch season one, binge watch it before season two comes out. We will be doing a re- Men, Mello don't know this. We will be discussing Ted Lasso on this podcast. So if you are a Ted Lasso fan, tweet at Matt and Mello. They did this when I was gone. If you would like us to discuss Ted Lasso or give your takes on Ted Lasso, um, tweet at Matt and Mello and be like, hey, what do you think of Ted Lasso? Um, and also we'll see if they listen to this episode um, by if they know what's happening with everyone saying, hey, should, what do you guys think of Ted Lasso? Um, all right, back to some football news, okay? Um, we're saving uh, one of our favorite topics for last, but um, <laughs> how do you how do you say it? Is it Saquon or Saquon? Isn't it Saquon? Now I'm I afraid. I, 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 thought, I'm afraid it was, I thought it was Saquon. It's Saquon. I thought it was Saquon. Well, okay, we need to figure this out. Well, we'll tweet now it. We need Everyone tweet at him. Tweet it, tweet it, Saquon <laughs> or Saquon, and be like, how do you say your name? We need to know. I think it's Saquon, but I, if it's wrong, we apologize because, again, we're trying to get people's names right. This is difficult. See, it, happens, it comes up often. Anyway, he is asked to be paid for endorsement deals in cryptocurrency. And as someone who is, like, trying to understand cryptocurrency, I mean... This is, I mean, I know Trevor Lawrence signed with a company and, like, part of his payout was crypto or whatever. He's being paid in crypto for crypto to sponsor crypto. I, I don't even know. Fair That's, enough. Fair <laughs> enough, right? Fair enough. Um, I just, are we going to keep seeing this? Like, how pop, you're better at, like, the stock market and things like that. 
Do you think this is something we keep seeing? And is crypto like a a thing that I need to be looking into, or am I already too late to the party? Um. Well, he's getting paid in specifically Bitcoin, which is arguably like the safest one. Mm-hmm. Um. Even though it's really um. Sorry, Hank's barking. <laughs> Our <Okay>. dog. <laughs> um. He's being paid in Bitcoin, and that's the safest. Uh, yeah, that is the safest, but I read an article about why he wants to do it and it's okay. to create, he said it's to create generational wealth. So he think it's going to be, so he thinks it's going to be worth more in the future, um, okay. is what he's saying. But I am not really a big fan of a currency that's not backed by any sort of government. So I personally would shy away from that, but <laughs> I mean, he's only, he's only doing, um, his, the money he makes in marketing. And I think he's keeping his salary, um, in the U S dollars. Yeah, I think you have to, um, can you beat, I wonder if the NFL, no, there's, be- there's players who get paid, like their salary is paid through Bitcoin. I can't remember the player, but what? Yeah. That's so crazy. What does that do in terms of like salary cap? Is it worth the same like value think, as the dollar? Like I don't know. Like yeah. explain it to me like I'm five, okay? <laughs> um, like I guess I think what they do is they pay him um like this amount of dollars worth of Bitcoin, Bitcoin? whatever whatever that may be at the okay. time. Okay. That is so wild to me. That's such a foreign concept that I would not feel safe with, but I feel like there, there's definitely someone listening to this podcast being like, you guys are idiots. This is the future. And if that is you, I want to know, I want insight on this because I know it's extremely popular. Um, and I know even Bitcoin is like, what is it going for at this point? It's, it's oh, expensive still, it's, right? Yeah. It's like tens of thousands of dollars. Jeez. Okay. I know, the first time I heard about it, it was like 300 bucks when I looked it up and now I regret my decisions in life. Um, That's always how it works with the stock market though. It's like, oh, I almost bought that and now it's skyrocketing. See, I knew like Tesla or whatever. There's yeah. definitely things like that. We're Should've, definitely not here, we're not here to give um, advice on the stock market, but I am very, very curious to hear about this and see what else we should invest in because we've now become very avid. Um, watchers of the stock market and interested in that but i just thought it was fascinating that he came out with that and i know trevor lawrence signed that deal as well so i'm just kind of curious how it goes i'm now going to look up what the cryptocurrency is that trevor signed with and how much it is because i'm curious how much it was when before the announcement was made and after because i'm sure there is something behind that um and real realistically speaking like you can continue to push up the price of it if guys keep sponsoring it like that so i mean they're not wrong but it was just a very fragile situation. So definitely get some advice from somebody else before you invest in it. But that's that's um, something that just is very strange that has come into the football and sports world recently. Um, fascinating stuff. But something that um, I also am supporting today, um, Bucks and Six, just want to say, um, we, the series is even. Let's start there. But I do want to bring up on this podcast our, someone who listens to this often – her name is Michelle. She, before I had the episode of doing a Q&A, she was like, Paige, are you going to talk about Chris Paul? Because if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I was a Clippers fan when Chris Paul was on the Clippers, okay? And it was excruciating to deal with how critical people were of Chris Paul. It was rightfully so because he was flopping and complaining about things. and But so many people hated him. There was no love for him. And then all of a sudden, he's on this young Suns team, and people are like, it's such a great story, this is what, you know, it's all about, and I'm like, what? 
okay, so now all of a sudden we love Chris Paul. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's the point guard. I totally respect how good of a basketball player he is. That's not the the thing in question here. It's just how wishy-washy everybody is and how everybody has... And, I mean, even with the discussion I had with Matt and Mello, how, like, LeBron being the biggest flopper. Like, no, everybody forgets about Chris Paul. And the Suns were flopping in Game 4, and it was hilarious to see people tweet about, like, oh, did CP teach him that? And it's like, all right, now we're back to this. And I think even Michelle was tweeting about how everyone was praising Chris Paul, and then all of a sudden, Chris Paul just didn't show up to this last game. And it was extremely entertaining for me to watch because it was like, okay, this is the Chris Paul I know in terms of the playoffs, although he wasn't injured, so that's fair. Um, And like I said, don't get me wrong, I do think Chris Paul is an incredible basketball player, one of the greatest to ever play the point guard position. Totally get that. But I just found it really entertaining that all of a sudden people are off that. Also... One last thing. I did pick the Bucks when we did a season preview on this podcast. And if they do win, bandwagon magic is back. So be ready for college football season because <laughs> I will be bandwagoning your team. The Buffalo Bills didn't go as well. But, hey, maybe we're back next year. Um, obviously, still rooting for the 49ers. But if you have a college team and you want me to bandwagon them, if this works out, just a heads up, be ready because I'm going to be tweeting about it. So, so get ready. But, Blake... Um, as someone who watches a lot of basketball, has a lot of Suns fans, friends, uh, group chats about it. Um, what were your biggest takeaways from that Bucks game four? Um, my biggest takeaway was I'm glad Suns fans finally got to see the real Chris Paul in the playoffs, which is choking in big moments um, as he turned the ball over with 30-something seconds left um, to basically ice the game. I... I'm on the same boat as you. Like, I don't know where the narrative, like, switched on Chris Paul, but I still am of the thing, of the belief that he flops too much. He whines. He's basically like a little LeBron, but, like, he's not, he's not as good. He's not as good to back it up. Like, LeBron's the greatest, arguably the greatest player of all time. <laughs> not going to make that statement. You're um, learning podcasting now because you realized as soon as you said that, <laughs> that that was going to be something that people would clip out, take, and be like, this bro said, and um, not take any context but, from it. And, like, Chris Paul does the exact same stuff he does, and my thing is, like, I just, I, I'm, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. But I was very ecstatic to see um, Giannis with that block. That block, like that one play, made the whole game. game. Like it made the series. That, he, like he guarded both of the players on the alley oop. He was guarding book the drive, the, the, the drive, and then just turned around and blocked the oop. Like it was insane. Yeah, that that, and also, I mean, I mentioned this on the last podcast with with Matt and Mello. Like, I'm so protective of Giannis because I think. He is so, I mean, he did the thing where he stayed in the small market. Everyone told him to leave. Everyone told him to join a super team, whatever. And here he is um, performing and basically being the difference maker. Obviously, Chris Middleton, very much part of that. Our guy, Pat Connaughton, huge part of that as well. Shout out, Pat. Um, but I think it's it's fascinating to watch, too, how people hopped on cheering for Chris Paul. But not as many people were as excited for Giannis. And I feel like we're going to see a shift because of the fact that like people are starting to really get to know Giannis. If you have not seen the video of Giannis being asked why he left early in the first quarter and in the last two home games and him saying, 
I don't know how to say this politely, but I went to take a tinkle. <laughs> I mean, you're missing out because it's probably one of the most like likable things. And this week in in sports news, there's been a lot of conversation about like language barriers and whether or not people can be the face of leagues. Giannis should be one of the main faces of the league and sort of is in many ways, but he is so incredibly kind and respectful as a human being that um, that's obviously why I love him, his athletic ability, all of those things. But to just watch that interview and, and a guy who is like, well, how do you say this politely? Because I want to be polite. He's making the effort. We should make the effort on that end to, to know what other players are speaking, translator or not. This is definitely a tangent. But, but <laughs> I do think that we see a shift and people really are starting to see the real Giannis. And I just, that's another name that people should really work on trying to say um, and getting there right. I don't what know, is know, it? Well, yeah, I was just going to say, what did it, it was, it was Charles Barkley, right? Uh, I don't. I, I don't remember exactly. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Charles, but again, like I just thought it was really great to see um, him just be the likable guy that he is. The, I saw also if you listen to this podcast and you have children, um, I saw a reporter tweet that he gave his son like an iPhone um, during, so he could do the press conference, and they heard the theme song to Coco Melon. Um, and any, I have a lot of mom friends. I know if you have a child, you have heard of Coco Melon and he's just so relatable. And I think we get so caught up in these guys that are controversial and whatever that like, we should be showing some serious love to the guy who stuck with a team that, you know, he's been a part of his whole career and, and really like sticking it out and figuring it out with, with that, um, franchise. And it, it's exciting. And I really hope they win, like I said, Bucks and six, and I will throw a party. Bucks and, and six. six. Bucks and six. Um, but yeah, I know we, we jumped around a little bit on this show today. I know normally we do a lot of football, but I wanted to play to Blake's strengths. He does know a lot about other sports. Um, we are going to take a quick break, and then we are going to stick to football and rank wide receivers in the NFL. So we will be back shortly for that. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Right, guys, we are back and are going to rank top wide receivers in the NFL. Um, ESPN is doing like a NFL 100 type deal, and they're asking executives, coaches, players to pick the um, rankings of different positions. And um, I thought it'd be kind of fun for us to do our own. So I think we should maybe just have you do your whole list first and we can start there and then we'll go back and I'll do my list to so start from five up. Okay, so my number five is DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's kind of a controversial one, but I think he is just so athletic. Like he is a t- the size of a tight end, but can play wide receiver and is that fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's great in the red zone and I think he'll only be used more as he goes on in his career. Um, I think he's great. Um, Number four, I have Julio Jones because he's the GOAT, but he is old. 
So <laughs> um, that's why I have him at my number four spot. Uh, number three, I have um, Stefan Diggs or Stefan Diggs, which how do you say Another it? Name. We don't know. Um, <laughs> um, I have him. Uh, he is just unreal. Um, and then the top two, I think, are very obvious. It's DeAndre Hopkins at number two and De- then Devontae Adams at number one. Um, I will always have Devontae at number one because go Petco. Yeah, I'm, there's somebody you left off your list. and I'm curious why you would put DK on your list over a Tyreek Hill, say, or a Mike Evans who essentially, like, was that before DK Metcalf was. You know what I mean in terms of size, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so I have DK over Tyreek because DK will always have his size. Tyreek will not always have his speed. He will age, he will get slower. And they are known for one like thing that they are they have like one thing that they're amazing at. Um and I'd rather take the size over the speed. Interesting. Size over speed. I don't know. I mean, I guess it would depend, but I feel like, yeah, I, that's fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, we're just going to overly use the fair enough. Um, no, I think it was a solid list. And like you said, I am going to agree with you um, on the number one pick, but we'll start from the bottom and go up. I put Julio Jones at five. Like you said, he's old. Also, we haven't seen like Julio Julio in a bit. So I'm very excited to see what he does with his new team. And I think it we will get back to seeing Julio Julio, if that makes sense. Um, next I put, oh gosh, I think it's Stefan Diggs, right? Yeah. Stefan, 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 no. This is, now it's going to, I'm going to overthink everyone's name. That it's I like, it's like when it. you say something too much that you just overthink it. Yeah, exactly. What was like it? Like just Fine. one word. Plan, 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 plan. Another Ted Lasso reference. <laughs> Another Ted Lasso <laughs> reference. So hopefully people watch that show because, gosh, it's great. Um, but I put Stefan Diggs. I, um, I just think out of all of the people that we're ranking on this list, he also fits into my feels category. You guys know how I am with people and like the moment of the Minnesota miracle will just always stick out in my head forever. So I'm going to go with him. And also the other thing is too, people were interested to see when he played with a quarterback that's inaccurate, which again, we just need to chill out on that. But he's proven to be sort of elite in the sense that he is playing with Josh Allen, who people obviously have said is not. Well, I mean, he played with Kirk Cousins, like... Yeah, and he was good. So and like, he was that's very like, good. Like, and then who, Case Keenum, like he's never. That's why I put him so high. It's because mm-hmm. he's never really had like a quarterback. Okay, so we'll we'll get to this once I get to the top. But and you're gonna hate me for this once I get there. So my number three on the list. Did I do six instead of five? No, you did five. Okay. Uh, I, uh, we're gonna keep it real professional here, guys. Um, I put Tyreek Hill. Um, for obvious reasons, I, he's fast. Like, I don't know. Wow. He's fast. Wow. He's fast. Wow. He's good. Um, and then of course my top two is the same as yours. Deandre Hopkins. I hate that he plays for a team that is, that team just is not likable to me. It's not that I'm hating on Arizona teams because it's strange that I, I lived there for a certain amount of time and don't really care for their teams, but having Kyler and Deandre Hopkins really is painful for me. 
Um, but it is what it is now. They have J.J. Watt. It's just, like, not, not fair. <laughs> They're people that I like, but uh, Kyler doesn't count. Hopkins and J.J. Watt count as people I like that are on a team that I just cannot get behind liking. Obviously, Cliff Kingsbury falls into that category as well. But um, with Devontae Adams, I do want to ask you this. He does have a really good quarterback that he is playing with. Since we apply that to Stefan Diggs, it's like a he's playing with an inaccurate. Do we have to apply that to a Devontae Adams where he is playing with, I mean, in your opinion, probably the best quarterback to ever play? Do you put Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers? In GOAT talk or most talented? Most talented. I, I, oh, most talented Aaron. Aaron can make any throw on the field. Okay. And then coming up on his heels is Pat. He might pass him soon. Yeah, I mean, I, that's fair. But do we have to apply the fact that, like, Devontae Adams um, does play with... See, I wouldn't because, like, see? he played... He played. Well, he played in college with Derek Carr is my thing. Like, yeah. And he was super talented. But Derek talented. Carr's not necessarily a bad quarterback. Like, I know you and okay, I have had now, this conversation. Okay, are we, are we only talking about, like, elite quarterbacks or, like, good quarterbacks? Because there's a lot more good quarterbacks that people will call, like, bums. Like Kirk Cousins, not terrible. Look at look at look at this list though. Okay, Tyreek plays with an elite quarterback, or going to be considered an elite quarterback. I already mm-hmm. consider him one. Yeah, he is an elite quarterback. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is there for Devontae Adams. Josh Allen could potentially be an elite quarterback and in that conversation. And I guess Julio Jones doesn't count, but he did play with a quarterback who... This is the one where I'm like, ugh. Do we consider Matt Ryan an elite quarterback? He's tier He's t- tier 2 elite? Yeah, he's he's like Joe Flacco elite. Like oh, that level. Really? Like that level. I, 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 I would give him a little more credit than that. He's, he's a... Like a poor man. He's a Kmart Tom Brady. Quick release, like, super fast, like, gets the ball out, but, like, no. He's, K- he's Kmart Tom Brady. Okay, so, I mean, these are, this is obviously a ranking based on how good they are. It all does factor in how, who they've played with and their quarterback. Also depends on who else is on their team in terms of what their, you know, scheme is and, and how much they're being targeted and things like that. But I would, I do think it's interesting that you left Julio Jones, or you have Julio Jones on this list. You left Tyreek Hill off this list. And considering, like, the recency, I'm actually pretty proud of you. But I do think DK is more of a recency bias as well. But, um... <laughs> well, everyone, um, that is where we are going to end our podcast because, honestly, there's nothing you can follow up quite like a dog barking at every single person that comes to your door. Um, don't forget to use Two Guys 20 um, for 20% off um, on Manscaped. And Matt and Mello will be back. I think they will be back for a while, and you will not see them absent from this. But, Blake, um, it might be a little bit before we see you on the show again. Thank you for coming on and braving, um, basically being on with your older sister who's very bossy and um, <laughs> a dominant personality. You've definitely held your own, and I appreciate you doing that. And I also love you very much. Just a reminder, tell people you love that you love them. Um, Blake, any parting words? Um, thank you for having me. Um, I love you too, and I can't wait for the Twitter world to absolutely dissect any and all takes I had. Yeah. I'll, we, people should send you feedback. 
What's your What's your uh, Twitter handle? Uh, at the real be rich. Right. That's me. Love to see it. Thanks, guys. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.